podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Acast recommends podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna, talking to people who stand up, speak out or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good, families and children, respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, like I hope I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. Like, I just want to get to the stage where, you know, people are just people. Nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. Welcome everyone to the Blood and Mud podcast. The never-ending podcast series, a little bit like Great British Menu, but about rugby. <laughs> is that? Oh, is it that just exactly keeps on going. Like? That does. It keeps on going. That show does. I swear that I've never like. I've never seen the whole series of one. Well, of course you, you know? haven't. It's like it's like you never finish a game of Monopoly. Because it's so relentlessly everywhere <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Where would you find the time to watch it all? Exactly, exactly. Who well, has got? Who is out there who has the time? My, my of... wife. Anything to not speak to me, I guess. Well, yeah. Same. It was Wales last week. I didn't see the Wales heat. And they were surprisingly good this week. Normally Wales are fucking terrible in Great British Men. Normally Wales are appallingly bad, usually. <laughs> They're like the sevens team of the Great... The Wales sevens <laughs> of the Great British Menu offering. And I swear to God, some years, I think there was a woman on one year, I thought, you're not even a chef. I think you're an out-of-work actor that they've just convinced <laughs> to come and do this because their offerings were so bad. Yeah. And this is this is the problem with these people is that they they masquerade as being professional chefs. <laughs> and it's like, have you ever been in a kitchen before? Some of these, Some of these people seem baffled by the concept of making food on time for others. It's like, that's pretty fucking basic, surely. Even a McDonald's person knows how to do that. They've actually dropped a presenter into the kitchen now to work with them because I don't know if you remember in the early series, they just used to leave the chefs to banter. Yes. And it was the most... They've obviously just got, just, just spend 30 seconds talking about stuff now, you lot, okay? <laughs> Cut. Is, what is wrong with you? Yeah, and then they're just like, oh, God, no, this is why you're, in the sh- you're back in the kitchen, aren't you? This is why you're not front of house because you are... Genuinely dreadful at the patter. I like professional master chef for that reason. They all look like ghouls, don't they? Because they just live in the dark. Yeah. Don't, they don't see sunlight, do they? Absolutely not. They finish work at three o'clock in the morning and then sleep until half two or something. We had none of this last week, Josh, when Robbie was here. It no? was straight into the you know proper chat. Uh-huh. I didn't help, but I called him Josh when I opened the show, <laughs> which because I'm so hardwired to having you I mean, there. Quite a lot of people, you know, have attributed things that Robbie said last week to me over the course of the week. So, you know, I can't believe that's a testament to how little people listen or how much you've lost your accent. (laughs) I used to be both. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's good, though, because it's made me seem much more knowledgeable than I am for at least a week. And now we can restore normal service, you know. Yeah, I remember there was one week when Josh was spectacularly <laughs> analytical in his views incre- of rugby. It's incredibly insightful about <laughs> stuff. And then the week after, he was back to moaning like fuck he was. But yeah, it was... <laughs> uh, anyway, welcome back. Hi. Yes, I'm Lee. It's good Hello. to be back. Over there is... I'm Josh still. Now you're obviously. back from... Now I'm... Well, you need to explain yourself, Josh, because... Obviously, we follow each other on Instagram, or at least I follow mm-hmm. you. I don't know if you follow mm-hmm. me, but uh, and you seem to have. Um, well, I don't know. Has your opinion of Cornwall changed? I mean, it's a very nice place. Like it's a pain in the ass to get to, but it's very beautiful. You know, I've got to give it to you. When the sun's out and you're wandering down the, you know, Cornwall coastal path down to flipping Bedruth and Steps or something like that, you can't help but go bloody hell. It's a. It's not a bad looking place. Ball ache to get to. Absolute ball ache. <laughs> it keeps coming back to that, doesn't it? So now you've seen it, do you want to go yeah. back? Oh, yeah, I'd go back. It's only, it's, for me, it's only three hours. You're only in which, Bristol, aren't you, I suppose? Yeah. yeah. But still, still three hours. Yeah. 
like you know in america that's you know a short commute but in britain that's fucking ages so fellow on great british menu he's got a the welsh fella he's 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 got a restaurant in Aberystwyth. and somebody said to me do you want to go there and he was like, no. No, it's like two and a half fucking hours away from where I, I genuinely live. Rather, genuinely rather go to Cornwall. That's much easier to get to. <laughs> like M5, A39, you you do a carriageway almost all the way now, whereas you try to go to Aberystwyth, I mean, fucking hell. You're going to need some sort of off-road vehicle, surely. I think people think that Wales is the same size as Rutland. <laughs> Well, news for you, no, it isn't, and the roads are all terrible. <laughs> I was going to say, Rutland has much better transport links between north and south than Wales does. <laughs> yes, it does, yes. Yeah, I've done the North Wales and South Wales one. I've done, I think, five separate routes, and they all take four and a half hours. Yeah, it's it's genuinely a national disgrace. It takes the same amount of time to drive between Flint and Cardiff going directly in a straight, as much of a straight line as you can through the middle of Wales as it does going to Birmingham and then down the M5 and the M4. It takes yeah. the same amount of time. There are some mad shit, there is some mad shit like that in England as well though. Like if you want to go to like Northampton from Bristol say. Mm. you like, got to go through Bicester or that Yeah, it's, you can, it's, you know, Common sense says you go down the M4 and you go up through Oxford, Bicester, all that. But so tedious and annoying is that bit between the M4 and Hampton that is Oxford, Bicester and all that. That it's actually no dramatically longer but slightly quicker to go via Birmingham and then down the M1. Oh, I hate that. We've got to overshoot and come back. My brain yeah, can't, when you can't basically, deal with it. Yeah, no, no, I can't process it. But it, 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 when you have to drive quicker. north to go south, I'm not having it. Yeah, nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you're back, Josh. It was so boring yeah. last week going straight to I'm rugby. Just talking about away. rugby, honestly. Robbie, you need to watch a lot more Great British Menu and a lot less rugby. You do, and, and drive then, more. Drive more yeah. places. <laughs> I'm gonna, I've booked to go to Harrogate in June. Oh, hello. That'd Which nice. I'm upset about because it's in Yorkshire, obviously. Nah, so I've got to go. Yeah, you. You know, I have to stock a, up. That's on a problem, isn't it? Pigs' teeth and shells to pay for things when I'm over there and stuff. <laughs> but, uh, but I've not been to Harrogate before, and I've, and again, I've already started on which route I'm going to go. This is the kind of life I lead now. It has been. Oh, I could go fifty-nine Skipton Road, or I could go through Leeds. Again, though, you know, once you get into that, once you get beyond the sort of you know above Manchester territory. You know, all bets are off road-wise. I could go through Burnley. I could go that way. It's always a treat, isn't it? <laughs> uh, anyway, so welcome yes. along. If you can, if you want to get in touch and tell me the best way to get to Harrogate from Flintshire in North we'll East get, Wales, then we'll get do. so much mail on this. So much mail now. So much. And the patrons are the kind of people who are all over this shit. It'll be straight in there. The... Um, you can get in touch with me at Blood and Mud or Lee at bloodandmud.com or the aforementioned Patreon messaging service. And how? where do people find you, Josh, apart from in Cornwall? Yeah, uh, at Josh Gardner, uh, at rocked underscore mag, uh, and rugbyshitwatch.com. Uh, we are on Acast, we're on Apple, we're on patreon.com. Oh, yeah, we are. Blood and Mud, and we've got VIPs, which I've forgotten to write the names down of, so we're going to have to do it next week. I do apologise. <laughs> we didn't do it last week either because Josh wasn't here, but we will do it next week. I promise yeah, you, I will. promise you we will. And we, don't, we like to store it up, so we've got about 12 to really annoy everyone. Yeah, so it takes up basically sort of 20, 30 minutes of the podcast. You'll, that's what you guys want, right? Yeah. I basically deliberately didn't do it last week because I even said to Robbie, I said, I'm going to wait till Josh is back because I know he doesn't like doing them. So I just fancy torturing <laughs> you. So. It's fine, yeah. You know, um, I, I'll, I'll just trot out the same sort of three or four jokes that I've got on a loop with an ever so slight variance. So you know this by now, but it's patreon.com slash blood and mud where you can get a two pound membership or 20 quid a year. Damn right, you okay. get extra episodes and ad free episodes and unedited episodes. Mm. So for example, we'll be talking about the line squad today and trying to pick a test 23. That'll be for our lovely patrons. Indeed. So you know all that. Um, and then five quid or 50 quid a year and you get your name read out when we remember to do it, obviously, but we do Indeed. remember it most weeks. And you get access to the new private super secret Facebook group, which had some pretty hot photographs in there over the weekend, let me Oof, tell you. Hello. You want to see me in, in, in quite a state, you can, uh, you can have a look in that. I liked your socks. 
I know, yeah. See, of all the things I thought people would pick up on, I didn't think that would be it. But I make I have a very deliberate policy of buying socks with very obvious colours on the bottom and the toes. It's Otherwise, you're staring at a fucking black hole of ho- of nebulousness when you're trying to do the matching when they come out of the washing machine. I'll tell you what, the socks that I'm wearing right now, like my mother, God love her, my mother got me these a couple of Christmases ago, mm-hmm. and they are plain black Ooh, yeah. with a little differently coloured diamond on each pair on the ankle. And the diamond is... Okay, you probably see it. It's that. Oh, Lordy, you got no chance. Not a fucking, not a fucking Scooby Doo. What sock is which when you're trying to sort that? No, Absolute minefield. And you can't pair black socks. What you end up having to do is like a blind man feeling the thickness of the elasticated <laughs> top. Yeah, exactly. Check that you're actually ba- yeah. matching the right pair, and they always wash slightly different, <laughs> faded black. Hmm. So you can't so actually get a matching pair. So no, I'm, it's no. an absolute car crash. Just make them different colours. So I mean, I've, there are some young listeners out there. They're not all old like us. These no. are the fucking pearls they're giving you here. Absolutely. Invest in either, I, you know, people will tell you just buy, you know, 10 pairs of the identical socks. They're wrong because they won't wear the same and things will feel weird <laughs> and you won't like it because you'll have... You'll have one that's worn a little bit too much on one foot and the other one where the elastic's gone round the and you just, yep. it's, yeah. And one where you've got the ball of the feet the ball of the foot's going threadbare and the other one isn't. Oh, All of that. It's no yeah. good. Loud socks are the way forward. But mine are black from the ankle up. They look mm. perfectly normal. Inside the shoe there's all there's a bonanza oh, of excitement so a, going on. <laughs> See you don't nobody else knows, but you deep down, you yeah. know. Revealing your true personality inside your shoes. That's the way. <laughs> That's the British way. It is. Uh, yeah, so you can join in that way. Patreon.com slash blood and water. I've got no idea what we were talking about. We were talking. Uh, oh, no, yeah, because of the f- picture. So, yeah, so that was the thing. Oh, yeah. I didn't think people would focus on the socks. They did. They did. They went right in there. Loved it. Shall we begin as we always begin? Well, I think we'd better add, yeah. With a player spotted. Of course. Sophia Mirza gets into it. Is it Mirza or Mirza? I'm sure she'll tell me. Sophia will. I'm sure she will. She gets I think into it'll it. be Mirza, but you know. I think it'll be Mirza as well. So I'm sure yeah. she'll. But you know, sorry, Sophia, if, if they're all wrong. <laughs> I mean, they. You were probably yes, already so. fuming about all this sock chat, so the fact that I've just yeah. done this is even worse. Um, yeah, she gets in touch on the DMs. On the, on the DMs. Mm-hmm. She says, coming back from York on the train this evening and arriving at Newcastle Station with my fiance. Fellow friend of the pod, Ian McGill. We know this, Sophia. We know you and Ian are getting married at a time when you can have your proper wedding day. We've lived your disappointments if you moved wedding we were days. gutted about it. We know it this awful. stuff. You don't need to tell us you are like our friends, you people. Um, says, she says, anyway, we spotted the entire London Irish squad, including coaches waiting on the platform at Newcastle. Ooh. Almost to a man, they were eating Subway, not <clears throat> Papa John's. Controversial. Oh, I know it's the pro, pro. Is it the whole Pro 14 that's Papa John's, or is it just clubs in Wales? Uh, it's there are various. It's all of rugby league is Papa John's. All of rugby it? league, yes, yes, and then Papa John's is definitely involved in some way in Welsh rugby, but then so is Just Eat and Uber Eats. I mean, we basically love a takeaway, is what I'm Uber saying. Eats have started delivering here, but they only do McDonald's and Subway. <laughs> See here, they only do McDonald's, Subway, Asda for some reason. Asda, as in yeah. the shopping, or you can get something from their you can, cafe. You know, from the shop, you can like get like emergency groceries delivered in, you know, half an hour or whatever. I've never used it. Have you seen um, the film Magnolia? Yes. You know that bit where Philip Seymour Hoffman rings up and gets some groceries delivered because he has to get adult magazines to find Frank T. J. Mackey's number. Yes. So he kind of says, have you got kind of some Coca-Cola? And then he goes, have you got Penthouse? But I remember being absolutely bowled away that that was obviously in the 90s in America. That you, <laughs> you could, could phone somebody, somebody to it. bring you groceries. And the, the grocery boy from the store around the corner would just drop them off. Yeah, what a concept. I was blown away when they brought in Diner Drink when I was at uni, like somebody in a, in a, in a van, <laughs> in, a, in a transit, will come around and give you a slab of Cronenberger four o'clock in the morning. I mean, don't get me wrong, that is still... 
a high watermark for <laughs> customer service. Yeah, but how much is how much is for twenty four cans of Cronenberg? It's thirty eight quid or something. You're like, <laughs> yeah, but it's four in the morning. I'm drunk. And they turn up. It's it turns up. It's flat. No, not flat. Yeah. Warm. Yeah. You drink two inches of one can and then fall asleep. <laughs> and then fall asleep. <laughs> and you've got a fifty quid thing of Cronenberg <laughs> sat and you're just ugh, miserable. Anyway, they were all eating Subway mm. on the station. It's a healthy choice, apparently. We're st- we still recognise a certain Irish standoff. Mm. He says, the highlight, though, was one player almost getting on the northern, northeastern train to Edinburgh Waverley before being pulled back by one of his coaches. <laughs> Who would that That's be? A- Who would be the thick lad in the London Irish squad? He doesn't even know which way is south. Blair Cowan. Blair Cowan. Oh, Augustine Creevy, too lazy yeah. to even read where things are going. <laughs> Blair Cowan just wants to go home. Yes, but he nobody does. wants him. <laughs> he has to go and sit in Gregor Townsend's front garden. <laughs> Please, Gregor, just give me one more chance. Like John Cusack can say anything. <laughs> Ghetto blaster over his head. Uh, exactly that, yeah. So there you go, players spotted. Mm, a whole squad spotted. Spot- Was it? Was it, what was it? A certain friend of ours calls it sex pest paddy and his merry band of cunts. <laughs> Which is not very fair, because actually they're not, they're not all a them, bad bunch. Most of them are all right, yes, but they are, they are undeniably tarnished by association. And, and by Irish family in London support London Irish, as you can imagine, you know, so... Yeah. Such a shame. Such but, a shame. So, so they brought it on that, themselves. They have. They've got nobody but themselves to blame. So that was player spotted. If you fancy spotting somebody from a train or elsewhere, then you can get in touch on the DMs or the Patreon messaging service and so on and so forth. Speaking of getting in touch, Josh, mm. correspondence again. Hello. You were off last week in Cornwall, but yeah. I did share with you what I did share for correspondence last week, which was our friend Hunter, Hunter Sewell, our man in Alabama. Yes. Getting in touch about Mr. Biscuits, the Montgomery Biscuits mascot who threw a who injured a child with a hot dog after a just a relief pitcher overthrew his catcher and smashed his windscreen just a huge fan of that whole anecdote. <laughs> it's probably my favorite anecdote that i've ever heard <laughs> anyway hunter gets in touches again because he still lives in alabama Ooh. and he's i think he's a bit he's he's what did he say to me he said he's he's one of the wokest people in alabama at auburn university or something anyway he says um he says terrible news it seems as though mr biscuit has been replaced by an anteater named oh, Big Mo. I mean, now the, I think the Montgomery Biscuits are um, momentarily um, rebranding, as a lot of the minor league baseball teams are. They basically rebrand themselves for a month in a oh, way as a sort of Latin American outreach thing. Oh, that's just, this is the merch you were sharing the other week. Yes, it is. Yes. Um, yeah, the... Uh, Copa de la Devotion, as they call it. So, uh, yeah, I'll have a look who they are, uh, whether the biscuits are part of it. Because maybe that anteater, I mean, the anteater strikes me as Is it a South American animal, the anteater? I mean, I feel like he's from that neck of the woods, you know. (laughs) Something about him just says he's from that neck of the woods. (laughs) Let's find out. Biscuits. Come on, biscuits. No, I can't find the biscuits. That's a shame. But you know, hot Montgomery biscuits action is uh, glorious. But he's um yeah, like the the Hickory Crawdads have become the llamas to Hickory, for example. They've got right. a very fun, they've got a very funky llama. Uh, yeah, I can't see anything. I mean, there's some brilliant fucking. Honestly, just minor league baseball does everything so well. Like the Cocos, the uh, the Rochester Co- uh, Red Wings have become the Rochester Coco Locos, which is quite literally crazy coconut. <laughs> it's a short meeting, wasn't it? <laughs> yep. Next, Bob. <laughs> yeah, yeah, come on. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, he does say Hunter though is that Mister Biscuit might be free for the All Star Weekend now oh, if he needs see. if he needs gainful employment in his little van. We'll fix his windscreen <laughs> for him, won't we? For such a prestigious uh, event. Indeed, absolutely, we will. But uh, oh yes, yeah, sorry the the uh, the Montgomery Biscuits have become the uh, Matamoscos de Medicea, I think. Which I think. I mean, your accent is flawless. It must be said. It's, it's really not good, <laughs> and I'll be the first to say that. Um. 
Which, no, that can't be right. No. We've got no idea what's going on there. No ideas. No, but you know, ultimately, if Mr. Biscuit is gone, we're very sad. It's a low ebb. I'm just trying to find out, are anteaters old world or new world animals? (laughs) That's that's what we need to know. And has there ever been an anteater war animal? Oh, I imagine. Uh, Let's see, where are they found? Where are they found? Give it to me. (laughs) North America. Yeah. Um, see, have it, it's tropical rainforests, grasslands, and savannas. Uh, aha, silky anteaters extend their ranges as far north as southeastern Mexico, while giant anteaters can be found as far north as Central America. So, new world animals, yes, possibly, it's possibly a, a copper related temporary rebrand if he if he has gone though it's a low ebb for sport i think we can all agree not as low an ebb as do you see that gwyneth paltrow said that she got to such a low ebb during quarantine that she ate bread she wants to see how low my fucking ebb is <laughs> when, I'm go- when i'm going eight ripples in one night exactly she drank as many as two cocktails a night Quinoa-based whiskey cocktails, of course. Can you imagine? And, as many as two cocktails and a sometimes, And sometimes, sometimes, and sometimes even ate bread and pasta. I mean, she's an awful bastard, isn't she? <laughs> I mean, there's so many things about her that just make you think, yeah, Chris Martin's probably well away from that, if I'm honest. Well, well he, she's probably well away from him. Well, well exactly. But you know, that's the thing. It's like imagine being the the more being in a relationship with Chris Martin, and somehow you're the more annoying one. Imagine what those two with those two voices talking about the things that they talk about. Imagine that as a podcast. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> we, I'm sure we that, struggle for an audience. <laughs> I'm sure there is a Goop podcast. God. I'm sure it is absolutely unlistenable. I mean, she's basically she's. She's a racketeer, that woman. It's unbelievable. Stop trying to sell people weird egg things that women that are supposed to put up there. Yeah. yeah. Stop it. Just stop it. I mean, at least, you know, I don't know. No, I'm not going to get into that. But I still find that better than a fucking candle that cures depression <laughs> for 87 quid. Yeah. Imagine stop. being sat there depressed to fuck 87 quid lighter. Stop. Quack. <laughs> Snake oiling vulnerable people with your nonsense. Hate to see it. So anyway, anyway there we are. Mm. Anteaters, new world animals. That's where that started from. You know, the other thing about new world animals. Do you know only new world monkeys have those tails that grip onto things? Oh really? Yeah, old world monkeys don't have that. Yeah. So all your African monkeys and your lemurs and that. Yeah, no grippy lemurs tails. Lemurs aren't monkeys, of course. But no. no. Let's not go there, Jesus. No. <laughs> Lemurs are marsupials, right? No, 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 no. Well, they're not in any kind of ape at all. Oh, they are. Yeah, they're a pri- they're an ape. Yeah, primates. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But they—that's what a monkey looked like when it evolved alone on Madagascar. Of course, yeah. Wonderful, isn't it? <laughs> in science, marvelous, eh? It's fucking mad shit. It turns monkeys into lemurs when they're left on their own. Yeah, it gives you monkeys bis- that have got like hands on their tails if you leave them yeah. on their own. It turns biscuits into anteaters, and it creates fucking candles that cure depression. <laughs> Science, man! What a world! What a world we uh, live in. Anyway, should we do some news? Yeah, I mean, I think that was probably new to a lot of people. To be was. fair, quite a bit of that they didn't want to hear. Of, it, I was going to say they, they didn't want to hear it, but they got it anyway. Yeah, um, do some yes. news, Josh. Come on, first bro. news: um, summer tours are now summer stays for um, three of the four home nations anyway. England are playing Canada and the USA at Twickenham. Wales are playing Argentina and Canada in Cardiff. Ireland are playing Japan and the USA in Dublin. And, you know, look, it's nice to be able, that I'll be able to watch Wales lose at a convenient time of day instead of waking up to find out that they've embarrassed themselves like I usually have to. In a Lions Year summer tour, you know? And try and go back to sleep fuming. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, what's that? They've, they've lost to Japan for the first time ever. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh what? They've lost to Argentina in last... Oh, well, you know, I was asleep, whatever. 
Um, Scotland are at least touring somewhere, although uh, Georgia and I think they're going, is it Georgia or Russia or Georgia and Romania? Because I've seen both reported. I think they're definitely going to Georgia. I think they might also be going to Russia. But there is no COVID in Romania. Russia, of course, is there? Because the government said so or something. So. Uh, oh, and there's an A fixture as well. Scotland, Scotland A are playing the Saxons at Welford Road. I think it's the first time the Saxons have played till twenty since twenty sixteen, and what a time England for them Saxons. to play! Yeah, with so you know ten of England well, squad I mean, are we already went retro, didn't we? When there was no rugby on, maybe that's what they decided to do. <laughs> but think about it: ten of England squad are off with the Lions anyway. Like, then you have the England squad proper. Imagine the fucking barrel scrapey levels that that Saxons team is bench is going to have to get to. You know, Sam Simmons would have probably got a call up that he not otherwise be the Lions, for God's sake. <laughs> yeah, indeed. God, yeah, the England Saxons with all of the like fourth choice players. Yeah, it's good. You know, the England Saxons squad is going to be Jacob Umaga starting at ten, isn't it? It's going to have to be. There's Alex, nobody else. Alex Good might get a game. Fucking hell, Danny Cipriani. Why not? <laughs> Twelve trees, Good Cipriani. <laughs> All the future, look into the future. Yeah, God, it's gonna. I mean, I, I, I might watch that game just to see, so I can say I remember that time that a player that's never got within a hundred yards of an international call-up otherwise came off the bench for England Saxons. It's gonna have some lovely entries into the Yorso Club Fifteen, sort of. Yeah, I'm gonna Yorso Club Fifteen this week. Keep me powder dry on that one, but we'll have we'll have we'll have some more coming up in the next few weeks. But this is going to be a lovely little sort of extra bit of filigree to some Yorso Club players. Oh, you know, yeah. It's like, and I also played once for England Saxons in 2021 against Scotland for some the reason. The last game the Saxons ever played. <laughs> uh, um, speaking of summer tours, actually, uh, France and Australia, of course, are going to be testing the limits of the human body by playing three tests in 10 days for some reason. <laughs> Honestly, the fact World Rugby has allowed this to go on is just another dagger to the fucking heart of player welfare, let's be honest. But um, yeah, so I guess because of the quarantine that the French team have to do and because the top 14 doesn't finish for 700 years, by the time, and then the top 14, of course, starts immediately. So the only way that they could play three tests is to play three of them in 10 days. And Which the first is... three rounds will be played in quarantine with the top 14 when they get back, probably. Yeah, indeed. And, uh, yeah, rather than just go, oh, should we just play two tests instead, lads? You know, sensible. No. Yep. We'll, but we'll be we're playing skint. three. Yeah, we're all skint. And we'll be playing three. Thank you very much. Um, and the Oh, and the box are warming up for the Lions with a two-test series against Georgia, um, which I suppose will allow them to shake out the rust. Um, they wanted to play Canada and America as well, but funnily enough, Canada and America not mad keen on going to South Africa. <laughs> so let me get this straight, right? You want us to come there, get beaten <laughs> by about 80 points, mostly get folded in two, and probably get some horrible variants that means we can't go yeah. home again. Yeah. No yeah, thanks. <laughs> no, thank you very much. Whereas Georgia is so utterly desperate for recognition that they've gone, well, we get to go and do a tour. Brilliant. I get a feeling that COVID doesn't affect Georgians. I mean, yeah. It's hard. You can't... How is COVID going to get through those beards? Yeah, there's no way COVID... No. They basically act as a natural mask. COVID takes one look and kind of turns right. Yeah. Such is the denseness of the hair. It's like a sort of... A, a, it's an N95... But just growing out of their face. That, Let's go to Kyrgyzstan. We'll infect them instead. Looks like an easier job. Yeah, yeah. So that's the uh, the the summer inverted commas tours. Um, it's nice to have games being scheduled again, though. It is it? actually. Albeit, I mean, know, to be honest, the summer tours and, are always a bit weird in a Lions year, anyway. So. Absolutely, but this is the summer tours where people might actually be able to go. And to be honest with you, in normal terms. <laughs> They probably only get about 10% full stadiums for these fixtures anyway. So, you know, why not allow 10,000 people at the Millennium Stadium or at Twickenham to watch this? Yeah, what a mad did. concept. People at sporting events again, man. From like in a couple of weeks' time. 
A guy I work with was—he's an Everton season ticket holder, and he's won the draw to go and watch a game next week. Oh, the yeah. letting, are they letting seven thousand in or something? Wow, he's made up as you would be after bloody. Absolutely, being like I genuinely can't wait to go to see proper sport again. I'm thinking of going to one of the games in the autumn. Not sure. I which think. One. Yeah, I think I'm definitely. That's by that point. I think I'm going to be a vaccinated and be comfortable enough with the situation that I'll. But um, I think the trouble is that because there's been no tickets for Six Nations, I think they're doing the tickets to the clubs, aren't they? Normally the autumn's an open sale job, isn't it? But uh, yeah, the autumn they do. They've already. They're basically saying that they're releasing them as many as they can through the clubs up to a certain threshold, and that's and then enough, it? and then they're doing general sale, which you know, yeah, clubs have been absolutely bojangled by. Although of course, Sage is predicting a another wave in, you know, July to October. So oh, brilliant, cool. Well, to be honest, Not if we're all vaccinated by then, then we'll all, some of us, I don't mean to be horrible, but the whole point is is that it doesn't kill people when, and nobody needs critical care when you've been vaccinated, isn't it? There's going to be a yeah, they're, they're in like, yeah, I sort of, that's kind of my, you know, not to sort of get too serious for a mm-hmm. minute, but like, yeah, that's my kind of thing is that, you know, does it really matter if there's another wave if everybody who isn't getting, nobody's getting seriously ill from it? I guess this variance of concern and all this sort of shit, but... I can tell you from the job that I do, which is not this, you know, hospitals get dangerously full about three times a winter. But yeah. obviously it's not the kind of full where everyone could be dying without oxygen in the car park. Yeah. But, uh, so you so can't, if we can avoid anyway, that. We could, you know, and if, then, yeah. if we just have a normal winter, which is normally pretty busy and awful, um, <laughs> I suppose you can get back to doing something relatively normal, I suppose. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, that was a dive. Yes. Go down, uh, speaking of, no, there's no way I can segue that. Um, <laughs> Glenn Delaney's left the Scarlets for some reason with immediate effect. I think the reason is, is that it was always going to happen. <laughs> I mean, it is, but he was supposed to be getting promoted upstairs of to director of rugby with Dwayne Peel coming in. Um, but now he's just decided, oh, fuck it, I'm not, I can't even be bothered to finish the Rainbow Cup, lads. I am out of here. Um, which is a bit odd, but it does mean that we get to hear a lot more from uh, Scarlet's backs coach, Di Flanagan, uh, and Flanagan, I should say, uh, second tier, you're so club contender, by the way. Di Flanagan. Well, yeah, 143 appearances for Ponty in two stints between between 2003 and 2014. But the best part is here, sandwiched in between two stints, once at Cardiff, where he played about eight times over the course of two years, and then another stint at the Ospreys, where he literally only played in the Anglo-Welsh Cup. Um, about five times. And then he went back to Ponty and then he had a very brief bit at Newport at the end of his career, um, which is just... I mean, that's that is a, that's like an inception next level down, <laughs> it's inc- isn't it? It's incredible, isn't it? I mean, he's and then he went and worked for the... Like, not only has he been at the... You know, he's been in the Ospreys, he's been at Cardiff, he's been at Ponty, he's been at Newport, and now he's coaching at the Scarlet. Like, you know, if if he'd been to Bridgend, you know, he'd have absolutely done everything. And not quite good enough for any of them. That's gorgeous. But yeah, Di will be, uh, he's attack coach uh, under Delaney, uh, and he's been promoted to acting head coach until uh, such a time as the Rainbow Cup is put out of its misery, whenever that is. The number of it's a kind of particular mainstream journalism thing that when people get flirted like this, they the number of them that come out and there's nothing wrong with it, I suppose. I find it weird. The number of them come out and go, really sorry to see him go. He was always, you know, really polite and all right in press conferences. You're like, is that really the best you could say about him for a start? It's a bit damning with fake praise. It's like you know, absolutely not an arsehole. Oh, how we will miss you, sort of thing. It's a strange one, isn't it? It shows how low the bar is. You know, he wasn't act a total prick at all times. He always answered the questions that I asked him. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird one, that, isn't it? Shows I mean, the adversarial I, is that one of the nature. worst reigns of a coach going, Delaney? It's I mean, he one, certainly he inherited, you know, a team that were... Functional. Functional, if nothing else. Definitely yeah, a functional were... attacking game. He put pay to that fairly sharpest, didn't he? He certainly did. Yeah, the Scarlets have undeniably gone backwards quite heavily 
this Literally season and since, Brad, yeah, yeah, <laughs> since Bradmore left. And uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, in many ways, who's shocked? Like the succession planning was Wayne Pivak. And then when Wayne Pivak left, you know, Stephen Jones is going to take over. But then Stephen Jones went with Wayne Pivak. And then he went, well, we'll give Brad Moore a go. And then he gets snapped up by the All Blacks. And then, you know, <laughs> they're three years out from their succession planning and they're already on their sort of fourth choice guy. True. And it's like, yeah, well, we've got we've got Glenn, I guess. I've become um I've become obsessed with Wayne Pivak's hair. Right. You know why? Yeah. Because remember the the Vic, the Victoria Six Nations night? Yes. When they cut to his house for the interview. Absolutely. And your tweet forget? said, look at the fucking state of Pivak's curtains. And yeah. I thought it was the 90s hair cut curtains that people were referring to. So the first I thing I was. did is I opened it up and looked at his hair and went, well, they're not that bad curtains, are you? And then, of course, my eye like focused. I went, oh, those fucking curtains. Right, I'm with you. 1987 show home curtains. Right. But because I'd looked at his hair, I then couldn't stop looking at his hair. And they are slight curtains. His hair is in a slight curtain. But it's his not he- long enough. And he's, it's like, it's almost he's like... He's raging it- against the... Do- he, i tell you what he needs. He needs to go to Xavier Rush's <laughs> hair, hair, weave. Hair, weave, hair, plug job. hair weave clinic. Because, you know, Wayne's obviously a man that wants... To sort of hang, you know, to rage against the dying of the light a little bit there. You know, it's it, there's a lot of product going into the front of that hair to try and make it seem there, for want of a better word. And I mean, he wouldn't have had a haircut for a while, would he? That's the other thing. It's very true. Done. But it is like it is. It is like he's constantly trying to grow out, grow it into, grow out a kind of short haircut into some like a part into a of sort it. of yeah. He's sort of trying to have it like sort of slightly thing, you know, parted to the side a bit. And I, I mean, I'm I'm here to tell him. I I just think he needs to knock that on the head. Just you know, it's it's going, Wayne. Either go to the go to the clinic, drop ten grand and get yourself a, a weave, or just 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 shave it you know not everyone can be warren gatland and have a freakishly brush like head of hair thick white head of hair yeah <laughs> yeah that just just that just endures through everything i tell you, i can i've, I've got yeah. gatland-esque hair you have yeah you will you will still be in that you know no matter how sort of thin it gets no matter how kind of short you have it it will still have that sort of regimented yes it's a natural crew cut <laughs> it's exactly that yeah uh yeah sorry what were we talking about the scarlet uh, glenn, glenn delaney yeah is gone nothing gone. else to say on that Done. Is there? yeah um the ospreys have finally signed michael collins which is a transfer saga that now genuinely has gone on so long. I feel like it start. We started getting linked with him when he left the Scarlets in 2017. But yeah, good player. He's played well for the Highlanders this year. Welsh good qualified, signing. right? Welsh qualified. Good signing. He's only still only 28. You know, it's oh well, taking the Hadley Park, Parks model. Parksian, he's got, indeed. He's got, he's got what? Four years of international rugby ahead of <laughs> I mean, him. I mean, he doesn't even need to qualify on residency. He'll just slot well, straight true. in there. He can just slot yeah. straight in. He can yeah. be. He can break a good few bones and then yeah. go to Japan. <laughs> just, Perfect, indeed. Uh, um, Elliot Stook uh, assigned for Wasps from Bath. Didn't see that one coming, did we? Yeah, it's surprising because I look. I looked earlier, and Bath have got three senior locks left now: Josh McNally, Charlie Ewells, and Will Spencer, which would imply that they either rate their academy lads very highly indeed. Or, or Stuart Hooper some, put his boots back on. Some, yeah, indeed, some business needs to be done somewhere there because Bath haven't signed anyone this season, which is not like them at all. Can you imagine the frothing Bath wank that would be if, if Hooper decided he had to like you know come back in for a game oh, to save the club? Uh, I'm sure that Bruce Craig is going to you know drop silly money on somebody from you know a Springbok or a you yeah. know. 
or an all black or a wallaby. That's his vibe. Where's Lavanini going? Uh, oh, that's a good point. Yeah, he's got. I think he signed somewhere else, hasn't he already? Probably. He's going, isn't he? Yeah, he is. I think he's is he going to France? Yeah, guaranteed. I mean, yeah, they mainly do, don't they? Um, yeah, where's he going? Claremont, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's just sit back and think about the the pure red card potential. It's been very underwhelming that... at last. He was injured for a while, wasn't he, at last? But he's, uh, he's, he's been... Yeah, I, I, I was more excited than what happened. Then again, that's true of everything about Leicester, isn't it, these days? <laughs> Indeed. But just think about it. They're going to have Vahamina and Lavanini packing down together. I mean, just, just what a... Imagine them two it. playing chinnies on the club induction night out. <laughs> Oof. You'll be able to hear it from a mile away. Um, but yes, I assume Bath are going to sign somebody. But um, for Wasps, fills the the Will Rowlands void, I guess, quite nicely. Who is he's off to the, the drags? Dragons, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And Jamie Knott's Phillips cons- mentioned they're going back into private ownership next year. Oh yeah, that's Divorcing good. Divorcing themselves from WRU. I mean, it's helpful, I think, if everyone is not owned by the W. Either everyone it's is, or everyone is. Helpful to my Twitter isn't. feed. Yes. Because it gets very clogged up with very, very, very like detailed discussions about finances sometimes between <laughs> I mean to be fair, these people are in the know and fair play to them for knowing exactly what's happening. But you know But I don't I don't need to know about it. You no, know, and that's why I suppose they would argue why all this shit gets gotten away with because it's too tedious of people to give a shit really. It's very true. Yes, that will be good. It's, they either all need to be owned or none of them need to be owned by the union. Having a bit of both was always an extremely, extremely undesirable situation. But it uh, got them through, didn't it? I suppose. It got them through. And I know that like clubs Stop are in them. competition, but at the end of the day, you have to take something of a partnership approach for the kind of future of the game, don't you? Indeed. And, uh, you know, we can have, you know, Just Eat splashed literally everywhere. All over. They've done Rodney very well for themselves, now. Just Eat, haven't they? They're genuinely because the bloke who owns the buttress, who owns David the, Buttress, yeah, yeah, was is the guy who founded Just Eat, isn't he? He's pretty good on Twitter, to be fair. He's he he's all right. Yeah, he? he's not a twat, which he could be the way that some people do speak to him. So, <laughs> absolutely. Um, but yeah, his that that's now a global fucking company, Just Eat. Because they've got Just Eat and Takeaway.com. Just Eat is now one of the uh, Champions League's main sponsors. I remember the Dragon's Den episode, weirdly, where not them, but Hungry House. Oh, yes, who they bought. Who were like the original ones of this with yeah. the idea. And they did get invested in by one of them. Can't remember. That that tall tennis twat on the end, I think. Um, <laughs> the one with the comically new teeth. Mm-hmm. Ivory buffed off ivory teeth, um, <laughs> but then they just got completely unheard of because Just Eat came along and obviously did it better, I guess. But they've yeah. got an advert with Snooping now. I mean, you know you've made it. I don't know. You, you know, you know I'll tell you what. Wants some money. I'll tell you what's fucking weird though. You know the Just Eat advert with Snoop. Yes. Um, you know in Australia, like Australia, Just Eat subsidiary is not for some reason isn't called Just Eat. I assume because they bought somebody. Right. But it's called Menulog. Okay. And it's worth genuinely worth Googling because it's the same advert, but instead of somebody say just eat, which works that scans it says yes. somebody says menulog. menulog. <laughs> <laughs> it's like could you not have thought Sounds of it? Like and obviously, and obviously, but obviously they've got to have the same jingle because Jesus Christ, they, they're not going to get Snoop. Snoop's, Snoop's not going to do two takes <laughs> <Yes>. of that. <laughs> or if he does, he wants paid twice and it's not going to be exactly. Menu but like, that reminds if, me of peripheral He-Man character, uh, figure, Modulock. Do you remember him? No. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> he was a shit one. But he was a rubbish He-Man one. Ray. Mo- the- he came out the same time as Mossman. He was a shit one. Mossman and Modulock. <laughs> Terrible. They were really struggling by that point. Look, they've got to have, you know, they had to keep the range going. <laughs> yeah. 
A module lock was literally modules <laughs> locked together. See what they did there? Anyway. <laughs> Didn't he have two heads? Yeah, as many heads as you really want. You could put yeah. arms, you could clip him together a lot. It was incredible. <laughs> oh, Christ. Yeah, anyway, but yes, genuinely. Medulog, no. Yeah, somebody, Medulog Snoop Dogg advert. And it's just, especially if, like most of us listening, you're familiar with the tacos to the chateaus. I wish yeah. I could get tacos to my fucking chateaus through Just Eat. I can just I get bloody get decent, shit kebab shops. Decent pizza to my fucking chateau through <laughs> Just Eat. But so, you know what? Isn't Snoop Dogg, the living embodiment of had a patriarchy as a shitbag? Because, I mean, he literally once took women on leads to an, to a, to an award <laughs> show and made yeah. like a porn film and everything. And now he's like the world's darling and doing takeaway adverts. Imagine if that was a woman. Yeah, you he's basically, you know, he'd I'm have been sorry, slut- all, you know, feminism he'd, Monday on this, but he'd have been slut shamed all over the place. Wouldn't he wouldn't he? have got a job. Yeah, he wouldn't be getting jobs anymore. Absolute bullshit. Although he is, you know, his flow's good though, isn't it? So you can't yeah, argue with that. You got to give it to him. Well, I was playing. What was I playing? Oh yeah, no, go the on. most the most recent Madden game. American football game has a weird like career mode thing, which is sort of like a weird like thing where you yeah like it's like a semi scripted thing, but in with like loads of cutscenes. And randomly in one of these cutscenes, Snoop Dogg just turns up. And he's well, just like, like a negotiation, like dramatized negotiation or something. Yeah, like like, like dramatized like things that and, you know. So you're like you know you're like supposed to be like this high school kid preparing for like the biggest game of his career, like warming up on the field. And oh, there's Snoop Dogg, and you have a little chat with Snoop Dogg, and then you just carry on. Most needless fucking. How much cameo. you pay for that? Honestly, you dread to think. It's a good likeness of him, though. I knew it was Snoop Dogg. I mean, I'm anyway. going to sound like the world's oldest man right now, but I was at my friend's house on Saturday, and he's got young kids, and they were playing. They had an Xbox on, and they wanted, they're only young, like seven. They said, they wanted, Uncle Lee, Uncle Lee, have a look at this game. You should have gone to the archive, go on then. So they put it on. Destiny? Yes, Xbox yeah, familiar with it. Destiny. Yeah. And I'm going to sound like the oldest man in the world now, but I'll tell you what, <laughs> it's remarkable, the graphics these days. I don't look what, at computer games much. Very impressive stuff. Absolutely remarkable. Yeah. Honestly, the new shit is impressive. Oh. I mean, the last time I played anything with any kind of detail was probably Championship Manager 2 in 1996. So I mean, I'm yeah, quite a long way behind. Things have come on since there, to be fair. Anyway, uh, yeah, so any more news? I haven't got any more unless you've got some. Oh, uh, TJ Perinara won't be going to Rugby League after all, so that was a giant... Fucking prick Negotiation tactic? Yeah, shock of shocks. He's going back to New Zealand. Um, Oh, and Ellis Jenkins has injured his knee again. But it's the other knee, so it's not that bad. Rob Howley coaches Canada now. Yeah, he does. Chaos. Isn't it a Kingsley Jones, Rob Howley fucking axis of amazing? Of course. Kingsley brings a Skype. Howley brings the chaos. (laughs) What more do you want? I think that's news, though. Competent coaching, maybe? They probably want that. No, it sounds terrible. <laughs> Howley is, of course, a very competent rugby coach. Not so sure about Kingsley, but... Uh... I'm, I'm pretty sure about Kingsley, if I'm honest. <laughs> is that uh, it for the news? I think it probably is, yeah. Okay, then. Well, we're going to do Lions Chat now for our lovely patrons. We'll see everybody else on the other side. Acast recommends... Podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna, talking to people who stand up, speak out, or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good, families and children, respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, like I hope I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. Like, I just want to get to the stage where, you know, people are just people. Nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. And we'll do some shit good now, for which we, we welcome should. back our non-patrons. Hello, everybody. Hello. Here's some magnificent Lions chat. Get yourselves involved. It's been read up. Uh, right then. Let's do some shit good, shall we? What have you got this shit? Um, 
shit. Uh, Scott Robertson breakdancing. Call me miserable, right? But this was funny in 2017 no, or 2016 or whenever it was when he did it the first time that they won Super Rugby. But now it's become this thing that people expect him to do when the Crusaders win something. You know, like, it's it's basically rugby's pop and lock equivalent of Bart Simpson when he was the I didn't do it boy. <laughs> you know, it's like, do the dance, do the dance, do the dance. And then he joylessly break dances. And they're like, yay, let's write some stories about this. Seven fucking pages on Rugby Onslaught about... Nobody wants to see Glenn Close. Breakdancing, do they? Which no, is all think of. He just looks, but he just looks in, like when he, the pictures of him doing it this weekend, he just looked unbelievably joyless with it. There was no real enjoyment to the breakdancing. He's just no. doing it because it's expected of him now. You know, there was an episode, there was, there was like a, I think it was the Brits one year or something, and Ricky Gervais wheeled out at one point and like basically, and they were all asking him to do the, the office dance. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> yeah, and he did that, and I've never seen anybody dread and hate doing something. And it's only when you see him do it again, you're like, "That's not funny." No, no, it was literally when I saw you do it in the show. In I thought I was going to like have to like scoop yeah. myself up off the floor. I laughed so much, but yeah. in, that was in the context of how fucking desperate he yeah. was being. Now it's to... yeah, now it's become a meme, and you're <laughs> yes. it's not funny anymore. And that's exactly how I feel about Scott Robertson breakdancing. And it's also, it's just another reminder that they've just brushed everyone aside again, isn't it? Well, yeah. <laughs> it's nothing, we're sick of it because we've seen it so very many times over the last few Imagine years. Imagine Rob Baxter breakdancing. It feels like that, do you know what I mean? Of course, he yeah. wouldn't do a breakdance. He'd do some fucking... He'd do some sort of, yeah. He'd, they'd light a fire and he'd put oh, a wall bonnet on. Don't even and then that, yeah. he'd, he'd run around it doing woo-woos. Like they do every week. All like they do the every week. Fucking hell, fire. Um, what else have we got here that's shit? Have you got any more? <laughs> I got a response. I got. I complained to BT about that, by the way. Because I was so fucking pissed off with Exeter playing it at antisocial volumes in the Leinster game. Yes. I actually, I was actually, ang- I was actually angry enough to write a letter to BT Sport and say, look, you won't play this. Because you know that it's it's fucking racist. So why are you letting these cunts play it without at least apologising for it on air? And their response was, "We can't do anything about it, but we have raised it with the club, and we will. We don't broadcast it because some people might find it offensive. But bloody, it was a bit. It was sort of a sixty percent decent response. Mm. It's interesting that they've raised it. They say that they've raised it with X. That's interesting." Gives me a bit. It does give me a bit of hope, really. I, I can I can tell pressure. what Tony Rose's answer is going to be, but you know, it's it's that's you know, I just like I, I couldn't tolerate the volume with which they were playing it and the frequency with which they were playing it because <laughs> they kept which winning felt, the cons. <laughs> well, that's the thing in that fucking Exeter game. They in the Leinster game they were losing and it still seemed to be fucking relentless. And I remember the first time that they did it, they just played it at normal volume and it was annoying. But now it seems like they've sort of fucking stuck the extra generator on the bloody stadium PA or fucking something. Tony Rowe was on the, on the Sonos, wasn't he, from his fucking... <laughs> from, from sat in his fucking luxury TP, probably, the twat. Um, anyway. Anyway, enough of this. What else have we got this shit here then? Andy Bradshaw gets in touch. He says, shit is everything to do with the Lions announcement that didn't involve naming the captain and then the team. No one cares about what you think about a tour 10 years ago. Just name the fucking team so we can lose our shit over who is in or out. Thank you very much. Yes. Indeed. I said that that fucking squad was a disgrace the second it came out. I'd had, that, I'd had, I'd had it saved in drafts for two exactly, weeks. Exactly, it was in week. drafts for <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why it is, but it is. So. Uh, what else have we got here? Will Gaines says that shit is the stress of being a sale fan. Every week they find new ways to look very comfortable in the game and nearly fuck it up for 20 minutes and scrape over the line. <laughs> Looking better than most years, though, Will. Yeah. Ian Garrett says shit. This is a good point, this. Being Tom, and we've done the same. Being Tom Francis, the starting tight head for Wales, Six Nations champions and Exeter, Premiership, etc., and European champions... But because he's not Hugo's mate, his non-selection doesn't get the airtime hysterics that they've given Sinclair's interview. Well, I, I don't not so much the second bit, Ian, because I think it, that was. But he, no, sorry, Ian then does say good Sinclair's interview, honest, truthful, and well said. 
True. Um, but yeah, I do think there's not much being spoken about Thomas. I think he fails the eye test so spectacularly, Thomas Francis, that people forget absolutely that he's good, does not. Yeah, absolutely does not look like a professional rugby player, but he played really, really fucking well in the Six Nations. And yeah, it's quite harsh, I think. Yeah. Jamie Phillips gets in touch. Hello, Jamie. He says, shit is the Dragons constantly shit in the bed against Cardiff Blues. No team should lose 11 in a row to Cardiff Blues. No team should do that. I mean, yeah, yeah. Especially not when you should have had a fucking player sent off for the whole rest of the game, Jamie. Quite, indeed. Ross Mather says, shit is Mike Brown's utter cunt's trick dancing on Tommy Taylor's head. Yes, we talked about that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Tommy Taylor's hair is annoying. I accept yeah, that. Yeah, I completely agree. That's not agree. the way to deal with it, Michael. No. You should agreed. write a strongly worded letter to BT like Josh does. <laughs> uh, Anna Seligman gets in touch. She says, shit, is Ellis Jenkins? Yes, I'm genuinely heartbroken for him. Although it's not his bad knee. Yeah, it's his good knee. Well, it's not good anymore. No, but it's, the, it's not the one that got marmalised two years ago, is it? Indeed. It's a different one. And Dice saying there's nothing to worry about. And if Dai says that, then it's gospel. Exactly. If Dai says it, I fucking believe it. And Anna says, but good though is I'm still going. I'm still going to bang about bang on about MLR. So much fun. Players don't give a fuck about the respect the ref bollocks either, and actually challenge all these decisions. Wonderful stuff. Yes. It's all free, yeah. of course. Indeed. On the I, that is one part that I have enjoyed. I haven't watched a lot of MLR, but it's nice that you can just go. Oh. Like. Yeah, it works, you know. Rich Harley says, shit is Stuart Hooper. Has anyone ever been more the anointed one while being so painfully shit at his job? <laughs> um, a lot of people are leaving Bath as well. Which or is... Rupert Murdoch's kids. They seem to be like been sacked despite being anointed, don't they? To run the uh, That's Fox true, thing. actually, yeah. Lots of people are leaving, you're right, yeah. It's why, is he clearing out or they're going, I'm not fucking standing around here no more? I don't know. There's a lot of players that have left Bath. Everyone's joined Worcester, which is funny. Have you seen that? Tyke Furlong hasn't, though, has he? After that, no. r- that room has been shot, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, oh, yeah, that was one of the news things we didn't cover, was that he's re-upped with the IRFU, but only for a year, which to me says, <laughs> you better have some more money by this time next year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm taking this now. As a down payment on what's coming next year. Next year, we will be having a different conversation. Retainer. Yeah. Um, Martin Charlesworth gets in touch. He, shares, he says, the realisation that the British and Irish Lions are not playing the Emirates Lions, meaning we won't get the joy of that commentary clusterfuck. <laughs> that is a real shame, actually. Remember the last time Lions they were in... Lions They were in the... Uh, they did do this last time, though. They played the Golden Lions in 2009. Do you remember that? Yes, I do, yeah. Golden Lions. Which was horrible because they were both playing in... The Lions were playing in red and the Golden Lions were playing in red and white, <laughs> which was an absolute fucking nightmare. They were shite, the Golden Lions. They got fucking battered. I remember that much. Hunter Sewell, our friend in Alabama, gets in touch. He says, shit is Sam Simmons going on tour but not CJ Stander or James Ryan. They'd have more utility mm. against the Bok Pack. Yeah, we talked about that, Hunter, yeah. He said, but good is I'm getting my second COVID shot just in time for me to watch the 2000 Lions tour with my South African father when this one is inevitably cancelled. Now, come on, Hunter. This is not what we're, this is not the way we're doing. I don't care I'm if it's trying, correct. I'm trying not to, yeah. I'm trying not to engage with that elephant in the room. But yeah. Shall we move on to good? What have you got that's yes. good? Yes. Oh, what have I got that's good, frankly? Um... I haven't got a lot, to be honest. Um, I, my only good is that Gatlin's Lions squad has managed to piss off everyone, which is I do like that, yeah. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoy, Everybody I, that's in the know has been exactly. proven to be not in the know at all. Exactly. 30% uh, of these names. It's, but it's really, you know, what the Lions is all about is bringing people together. And this has brought everyone together in being annoyed about it for one reason or another. You are all equally more stupid than me, you cunts, said, <laughs> said, said Warren Gallen. Um, While running his hand through his unbelievably brush-like <laughs> hair. Because <laughs> he put his hand through his hair. Um, Phil Jones says, good, the Ospreys have announced a kit deal with Umbro. It's true, yeah. I was expecting Macron, says Phil. Honestly, delighted. <laughs> Fucking delighted. 
He said, he said the AWJ hologram was bad enough, but Stephen Jones pronouncing it as a hologram on his podcast was even worse. I mean, my biggest question there is why the living fuck are you listening to yeah, Stephen Jones? Some people consume podcast. lots of rugby content, don't they, from all over the place. I respect that in a way. Don't box yourself in. I love an echo chamber. I'm happy to live in them because not listening to my own views makes me upset. So why would I do that? Exactly. Quite. Charlie Brennan says, good is that Sinclair interview and channeling his energy into that performance. And I mean, I'm a Bath fan, which is shit. <laughs> yes. But yeah, he, every single backwards scrum was him fucking making a point that he was amped the fuck up. And the yeah. fact that he let it out as well. It's that whole thing, isn't it? Nobody ever stops you from laughing, do they? Nobody says, don't laugh. You, know, yeah. so you should be able to cry. I, I'm bound to this. I cry at fucking everything. But you should be able to cry uh, if you want to. And and I actually quite a lot. He, he mentioned his mentor again, didn't he? He's been working He's, with his mentor. But I do like the fact that actually... He mentions that guy a lot. But yeah, he must I mean, be... Uh... He spouts a lot of shit, but... I do like the fact that he goes, actually, I've got this guy I go to now and I don't go into a spiral of hating everyone or myself and or I don't go out and get shit-faced and smash a table or whatever. I actually try and understand it and see what I can do about it, really. And exactly. I think that's a pretty decent thing for a a young bloke quite... who people look up to to be and crying yeah. a bit is a, is a good thing, you know? And somebody And somebody that comes from, you know, the background that he comes from, which, you know, quite often, as soon as he loses his cool in that way, all of the worst kind of dickheads are quick to re- remind everybody of where he came from mm. and his background, whether it be, you know, socially or racially. You know, it's important, for, you know, for him to be somebody that can go, yeah, you know, I'm just going to deal with it in a reasonable and mature way, as shit as it is that he has to. Mm. Like... You know, it shows that he takes his responsibilities for being this person that, you know, is representative of something that rugby doesn't see nearly enough of very seriously, and it's to his absolute credit. Johnny McGinty gets in touch. He says, good is eight fucking lions. He's a Scottish person, is Johnny. He says, also good, putting a tenner on Chris Harris to make the squad when he was eight to one and treating nice. myself to a pizza with the money. Good man. How fucking big was that pizza? Jesus Christ. 90 How many quid pizzas? for a pizza, Johnny. Bloody hell, fire. <laughs> What's on it? What's Pepperoni and unicorn. Um, <laughs> Grant Taylor gets in touch. He says, good is the Newcastle Falcons reminding how it feels to win a game of rugby and for dropping an absolute champagne performance on us when it clearly when it clearly appeared beyond us. I do like to see Newcastle do well. I'm never. I'm not a big one of those like rugby. It's important for rugby in the north and everything. But it is. But it is as well. Yes. Yeah. It's like something north of the M62 must exist in rugby union. In I also England. like the fact that loads will have to travel for fucking miles and probably hate it. Yeah. They'd all rather not be going to Newcastle, wouldn't they? Yeah, Newcastle away is, and you know, if you're Exeter, that's the Beautiful. worst fucking trip, isn't it? Imagine if you Newcastle. Get... Every trip is a nightmare. Exactly. That's your nearest game, Sale, and that's fucking miles away. <laughs> and this isn't the fucking glory days of the nineteen nineties where they're fucking paying for you to go on a plane, pal. You're on a bus. <laughs> or maybe a train if you're lucky. Neil Weber says good is Briz calming down, playing sensibly and letting the quality tell after the first twenty minutes. Yes. Mary Wilson says Mary Williams, sorry. Not Mary Wilson, the singer from the <laughs> Supremes. Um <laughs> Mary Williams says, good, Glasgow versus Edinburgh. What a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rianne Lowe, Low, sorry, South African, yeah, says, good, the shot's starting to fly in the media pre-line, so it's not taking them very long. It's not taking long at it? all, is it? It really hasn't. But, you know, that's part of the silliness of Lions season, isn't it? Finally, Travelling Rugby says, good, is my 17-year-old refereeing his first senior-level game at the weekend. Fair good play. For him. Not many people want to do that. However, he does say shit is the shocking insults and critical tweets thrown his way by the home team's coaching and playing staff. For fuck's sake. sake. A fucking 17-year-old. Of all the people you shouldn't slag off, it's amateur refs, let me fucking tell you. Because Because literally, there would be no game. You are fucked. This referee's behaving like he's the most important person on the pitch. That's because he fucking is, mate. If he's not here, none of you get to have any fun. Yeah, it doesn't or matter shit, how sh- it doesn't matter how short you fucking are. 
Exactly. Doesn't matter if you've got 100 fucking players. If nobody's going to be the referee, you are in trouble. Unless people like this fucking solid 17-year-old lad is going to come through and fancy having a do at it. So best of luck to him and best of luck to you. Thank you, everybody. Welcome back, Josh. We did miss you last week. Robbie was lovely, but we did miss you. I missed you because I kept calling him Josh. (laughs) Well, it's good to be back. And uh, we'll speak to you all again next week when, what's, is it Europeans final this week? I've got no fucking idea. I've totally lost track of it all. I'm going to edit that out. That was such a stupid thing to say. Not really. (laughs) Speak to you all soon. Goodbye. Bye. If you have a TV, you must have a TV license. It's the law. Inspectors are calling to unlicensed homes and businesses. If you don't, that can mean prosecution and a fine of up to €1,000. Get yours at tvlicense.ie or any post office. Brought to you by the Government of Ireland. Sports Social Podcast Network.